unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. I'm excited. How are you? I'm good, and I'm excited as well because this is going to be an amazing show. I already know. It is. Our returning champion, Dr. Harlan Kilstein, who has a brilliant innovation in copywriting. He's agreed to share with us. Now, as you may remember, if you're a longtime listener, Harlan was a guest here two years ago when he gave us some much-needed information about Facebook compliance. But don't make the mistake of assuming Facebook is the only thing he knows about, because Harlan is a super successful copywriter and entrepreneur who knows a lot about a lot of things. He's written super profitable copy for many big names in direct response business. He's created several very successful businesses of his own, and he's recently come up with a new system to sell called Interactive Sales Letters. Now, I put new in quotes because it's not really new at all in one way. The concept behind it has been around and proven for decades, but the way Harlan is using the concept is brand new. It's working. It's pretty exciting, and that's what he's going to tell us about. I've got something I'd like to tell you about first. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Harlan, welcome. Thank you. And before we get down to business, how's the Pomeranian? The Pomeranian has new company. The com- company now is we have a Cavapoo. Cavapoo, who looks like Chewbacca, whose name is Chewy, is bringing puppy energy to the house with the older Pomeranian who likes to sleep all day. And the Cavapoo likes to jump over everything all day. So it's a very interesting combination. Yesterday, I happened to leave my coffee mug out on the kitchen table. And the Pomeranian could care less. The Cavapoo jumped onto a chair, (laughs) went onto the table, and discovered that He really likes coffee. Of course, we had to give him charcoal because it's not good for dogs, and he's still around today, but totally different personalities. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I figure the Pomeranian might have been getting a little too comfortable and you need to shake things up. Is that right? That's right. Okay, let's jump into this exciting idea of interactive sales letters. To get us started, what is an interactive sales letter And could you tell us just, I want to hear more in detail later, but could you just give us the top line of the results you've gotten so far? Oh my gosh. Better, better than I expected. The numbers that were claimed for the effectiveness of interactive sales letters 
were shockingly 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 inaccurate on the conservative side. They were talking about certain boosts of percentages and people watching. We're seeing statistics on the sales letters that I have out there of a hundred percent viewership. The biggest challenge in a VSL is getting people to stick. That's why we have people like your mentoring, former mentoring student uh, and copywriting superstar today, Chris Haddad, who has these super compelling stories to get people to stick so that no one would even think of leaving the, the sales letter. But the example that I like to give is that when you go into a doctor's office, let's say, God forbid, you have some kind of a problem, the doctor's going to come in and is going to ask you um, certain questions. And it's done in a non-threatening manner. He's just gathering information so that he can get the information. Maybe he's going to perform a couple of tests. You walk in and you say, Doc, you know, I don't know, my head has been pounding. I feel my heart. I, I actually feel like pulsing and I'm like stressed out of my mind. What's going on? And the first thing the doctor's going to say, okay, well, let's check your blood pressure. Ooh, that blood pressure is high. How long have you been feeling this way? Is there a history of blood pressure in your family? Did either of your parents or siblings have it? And they'll ask specific questions. And then the doctor will say, you know, based on the numbers and what you're telling me about, I think that you may have blood, high blood pressure and it seems to be genetic. Nonetheless, I think that you should take XYZ medicine. It's going to help regulate that and have you feeling better really quickly. As a matter of fact, my assistant is going to bring in a sample so we can get you started feeling better right now. And I'll write you a prescription. Nobody is going to think that that doctor is selling them. They're going to think this is a consultation and the doctor and I, we're not sitting across the table debating with one another. We're sitting side by side figuring something out. And so when people experience interactive copy for the first time, they are glued to, not only are they glued, but they also stick all the way through. So our experience is 100% viewership of these videos. And of course, you can't eat viewership, okay? Like it's a nice number, but it also has led to significantly higher conversions to cold traffic in different niches, in, in low ticket sales, in high ticket sales, lower cost per leads, especially in high ticket sales. I'm actually just blown away by how well it works. That's great. I think that gives us a big picture and we will delve down into the details, but I'd like to go back a few dozen years because as when we talked about this before, you told me your idea comes from a lot of history of proven techniques. And I was wondering if you could start by giving us a bird's eye view of what Publishers Clearinghouse and Reader's Digest did back in the day. Well, it takes me back to a quote by some copywriting coach who lives in San Francisco. 
who once joked with me during a consultation. He said, Harlan, that's why we call it copy. And so way back, you may remember these contests that would come in the mail. And they would have, this was a huge income thing, whether it's Publishers Clearinghouse, whether it was Reader's Digest, they would have these huge contests. Their goals were to sell magazine subscriptions. And there were huge sweepstakes. And they discovered the longer they could keep people involved in the mechanics of the offer, the more they were going to buy. So they created response mechanisms. Now, way back when, when I saw that, the first thing that I did, and what we're talking about in the early 2000s, was take response mechanisms and put them into the newspaper ads that I was running. Just to slow you down for a second, when you say response mechanisms, what I remember about the Reader's Digest and the Publishers Clearinghouse is there'd be a little slot where you'd put a little piece of paper oh, in the slot yeah. or there'd be stamps. There'd be something physical that you did with your hands. You had to select the exact magazine stamps that you want and you pasted them on a form. And it, of course, paste magazine choice here, magazine choice here, etc. And there was also the green um, sweepstakes little token, little cardboard token that you pasted in that said, yes, I'm entering. Now, by law, they had to let you enter even if you didn't purchase. That's the law of a sweepstakes. So to find the no sticker, because you had to submit it with a sticker or it wasn't qualified, to find the no sticker was like looking for the Holy Grail and with a blindfold on. And so you had to go through all of those magazine things until you found it disguised with all of the other red stickers and you'd have to find it, pull it out. And when you put it in, the sticker said, I want to be in the sweepstakes, but I'm choosing not to order magazines. I understand that not ordering magazines will not affect my thing. And then people would look at it and go, but maybe they're just saying it. Maybe I really need to order a magazine, even though it said the opposite. Anyway, this whole handling thing, hands-on, boosted their response. And, of course, Richard Crossman's book, who was very involved in the uh, Reader's Digest campaigns, wrote about all of the different tests that they would do to get their involvement up. And every time that they got involvement or engagement up, they would see a sales increase. So... This is not new. This is an update on a proven tactic. Okay, and uh, you were about to talk about positive changes in newspaper ads. Could you tell us that story? And we would put forms in, and in the form, it would ask questions, and you were told to check yes or no. And people would go down, and just about the more yeses that they checked, the better the candidate they were. And the questions were all generic questions where it was pretty obvious that they were going to check A. 
and they were told to count up the number of A's, and that would tell whether they were a good candidate. That boosted results through the roof. Yeah, and, and you had a multi-million dollar positive changes hypnosis franchise at the time, right? So That's right. And one of the interesting things that occurred with that was at one point, we did full-page newspaper ads. I remember I used to get phone calls about my ads in the middle of the night from Gary Halbert, who liked the ads. And so we were having a real problem of people not showing up to their appointments. And I hired Jay Abraham. It was $5,000 for an hour. Jay was, had a half hour to prove, prove that he could get to the heart of our business. I, and if Jay didn't, if you weren't happy at the end of the half hour, Jay was going to ask you, do you want to go on? And if you didn't want to go on, you owed Jay nothing. I think it took Jay about 45 seconds to get to the heart of my business. So there was no question that we were sticking around. When Jay, yeah. Jay was, do you want to continue? And I was like, why does he even asking this question? But he, nonetheless, he did. One of the things that Jay did was two things. Number one, he gave us a script that was a huge interactive script. It wasn't just, you know, what's your name, what's your phone number, whatever, but it was interactive, asking them a lot of questions. And it was ultra personalized. It was so, that script was so effective that people would come in and insist on speaking to the person that they spoke to on the phone because they considered them a friend because it sounded like friendly advice. But the other interesting thing is that Jay wanted them to clip the ad and bring it with them. And there would be a special reason when they came in, but it didn't say what the special reason was. I want to stop and state the obvious. To clip the ad, you have to get a scissors and go like that on the paper. And that's physical involvement. And so... We did that, and people would come in with their ad, and we would, oh, you brought the ad in? We would look surprised. Oh, you know what? We have for people who bring the ad in, and we would give them a, a free hypnosis recording and or a free book, and they would be thrilled with it. But it got the people around. So once again, engagement, involvement led to, in this case, increased show up, we reversed our no-show rate and reduced it from a 90% to a 10% within about a week of implementing Jay's solution. But it was another confirmation of the role of involvement and engagement. Okay, and then let's fast forward a little to 2009 or so, laser-focused leads. Wow. That, that also gave you another piece of the puzzle? That was taking interactivity and putting it online. It was a way of getting people to interact with the page. I believe it was the first quiz software that was out there. At the time, it was a very, very popular thing to have like, which Star Wars character are you? But people weren't using this for sign-up purposes not for list building, not for segmenting. And as a matter of fact, 
when Ryan Levesque came out with the ask method, I actually taught what I was doing pre-Ryan at his mastermind in Texas. And, you know, this software was the involvement. You could tell by the answers whether someone was a really good candidate or not by use of segmented them. And the power of that, I mean, people like Brian Kurtz from Boardroom looked at what I was doing and I was like, oh, this is brilliant. And he made like some little suggestion. He wanted the calculations slowed down so that people would assume it was customized for them. So he wanted it not just to come up with the answer, but he wanted a lag of like four to five seconds where it said calculating and going through elements of calculating your weight loss scores, calculating this, calculating your ice cream score. And whatever it was, people accepted it. It was it was a tremendous thing, giving them feedback. So now we have two concepts. We have involvement and we have feedback. When people get feedback from you, they stay engaged with you. So if someone said to you, David, did you play guitar seriously at one point? And you might answer in words other than a nod. Yeah, I'd say yes. Yeah, yes, I played guitar. And if someone said, David, did you ever take xylophone lessons? I'd say no. I'd say no. Of course, it might go into a longer thing. Yes, I played guitar very actively for a, a period of years, but now I'm on a quiet spell. Or, or uh, might be, no, interesting about xylophone music, but no, I never played it. That way, the person's answers are acknowledged, and it's just like they're sitting next to you. That is what interactive video does. It takes their answers and shows them that someone's actually listening to them. Big, if you, very big. If you use interactive video as a gadget, as a trick, similar to what you were talking about at the very beginning, if you use it to try and fool someone, it's going to really hurt. You know, the, no one's going to trust you. On the other hand, if you give people feedback either which way, then you're going to find uh, something that really works. Okay, that's great. So picture's starting to come together in my mind now. Um, but you need to know the niche. You need to know the right questions for a niche. So if someone were, let's say David Garfinkel had a video on his copywriting coaching page. Mm -hmm. And David's first question is, how long have you been a copywriter? And the, you know, 10 years or more or five years or more is like, and one of them was, I'm not yet a copywriter, but I'm thinking of becoming one. You would have different responses for of each of them. You might ask follow-up questions, you know, have you written for yourself or are you writing for others? Whatever the questions are, and you always acknowledge whatever the answer is. You never ignore something. So even if you think, 
100% of the, the people coming here are going to answer yes, you have to offer them a no, and you have to have an acknowledgement of their no. So that's a good hypothetical, but you've done real world ones where you have you know, examples and results. What, what was your first full-fledged interactive sales letter and how did it do? So first of all, number one is we did two simultaneously because <laughs> okay. I like to overdo things. That happens when you're yeah. type A. I thought I was going down to an A minus, but I'm still an A, I'm sorry. Born to be an A. Born to be an A. So one was for a, an app we're putting together. And the video, the first thing that I noticed that shocked me was 100% viewer rate. No drop off whatsoever. And I was like, oh, wow. Now this is from a really cold, and let's just say kindly, and interesting or unusual audience okay. and it converted at 30% to this traffic. Wow. When we took these same techniques and put them in a warm audience, the conversion rate was literally not exaggerating between 50 and 66%. That's amazing. But the key is not the trick. The key is knowing what's inside and the questions to ask the audience. If you're not inside their heads, if you are not speaking their language that they can participate in, interactive VSLs are not going to move the coin for you a single millimeter. You have to be inside the head. You need to be speaking the language that they are speaking. Okay, that makes sense. Do you have another quick example you could walk us through? Well, we have a program looking for high-ticket clients. And one of the first questions, and they're looking for, for training in Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And the first question is, do you currently have a Facebook group? Yes or no? If they answer yes, we take them to another question. Uh, have, you know, is it growing? How are you getting people? Is it active? What's your engagement rate? And if it's a no, it's, oh, well, you're just about to discover how powerful Facebook groups are. Everything is acknowledged. And people are going through this funnel and filling out forms, and we're getting high quality leads, and we're also making sales accidentally, and I'll tell you about that in a second, is on a level that we never expected. See, we're looking for higher ticket clients, but not everybody who sees the ad is high ticket. So we offer them something at a $97 buy, and they're buying. Once we've, once we've established that they're not someone who we want to spend time on, talking to them about becoming a client, we sell them something anyway. It's been working really well. Everybody's astounded by the success. Before you talk about selling accidentally, or maybe you just did, I'm not sure. I just want to throw an idea out that I've heard a lot. I don't know if the number is strictly proven, but it's, it's in the realm of reality. 
most people in this world, not people who've done extensive training and coaching and retreats and meditation and self-development, but most people in the world get listened to maybe two minutes a day. They hardly ever get any acknowledgement at all in their normal lives. So they're starving for it. And even if this sales letter can provide that from a phone or a computer, it's a welcome oasis in the desert. What do you think about that? So first of all, I just want to say, if it doesn't work on phones, there's something seriously wrong because the entire world is accessing things by phone. It doesn't matter for what. Maybe for podcasts, we're, we're on our computer, but generally we're never far from our mobile leash. Um, well, mine's about two feet away because it's being charged right now, but I'm not far from it either. It has to work on that. Second, people are starving for attention. And that's why, you know, silly things on, on Facebook go viral because people want to share. And any, especially something that makes them look good. Now, if they have a problem, people want to talk about their problems. One of the biggest things that people have a complaint about their doctors is that they don't feel that they have the time, that the doctors have the time to fully listen to them. That's why there's an entire business of concierge medicine where doctors are going to spend 30 to 45 minutes talking to their patients and people are willing to pay handsomely for it. I have a concierge doc and I, yeah, sure. Okay. Cause people want someone to understand them. Even if the doctor can say, okay, well, you know, let's get these results back and see what they do and ask lots and lots of, of questions. But nobody feels threatened by that. They feel heard and they stick with it. Now, of course, there is a place for sales copy techniques, but you don't need to begin with the dramatic, the heartbeat monitor grew fainter and fainter as the last remnants of his life began slipping away. He could see the angels coming you don't have to do that, you know, to get people to stick. Okay, good. The bad thing is that it might change things for clickbank copywriters because they might have to stop using all of these scare tactics to make it sound. I, I agree. Before we're out of here, I do want to just cover one thing that has been not really addressed in this conversation. And that is just the mindset of people and when a lot of our marketing, it's completely passive on their end, on our prospects end. They're listening, they're reading, they're being talked to, but we want them to take action. And we don't ask them to take action until after a 30-minute or an hour-long VSL of them just sitting there. One of the biggest problems with webinars is trying to get people engaged. So we have the chat there and we prompt them, what's your favorite color? What's your problem that you're struggling with? Because we want them to take action. But with video sales letters, that's not as easy to do. But this 
does the opposite. This is marketing to them and it's keeping them actively engaged. We're asking them to take action multiple times throughout the process. That way, when we come to the final part where we ask them to take action, they're in that habit. We've primed them to take action every step along the way, which is something that we're not able to do with a lot of marketing and sales messages. So I think and that's you just brilliant. An excellent point, which is you cannot use this in the initial part of a video to just get this out of the way and then just hit them with the old fashioned VSL. As soon as you stop engaging with them, after you've trained them to engage, they're going to revert back to their old habits. You need to keep engaging with them. And if you do, they're not going anywhere. They'll stick with you. They'll go, wait, can I do that again? Yeah. So I think this is brilliant and I can't see it not being the future of video sales letters. I have a weird question for you, Harlan. If somebody's listening to this and wants to experience this for themselves so they can have a better understanding of what you've been talking about, do you, are you implementing this in your own business where somebody can go through this and okay. So tell us about that. I have a book that's actually coming out any day. A new book called Effortless Exercise. Effortless Exercise. And so the first questions, I check all my information out in Facebook groups first. So the first questions are, now listen to the language of the question. How often do you exercise? Choice A, I exercise at least five days a week. Choice B, at least three days a week. Choice C, I'm planning to start exercising. And the next one is, so it's not, I don't exercise at all. I'm planning to start exercising. And the last one is, my doctor has limited, my doctor or my body has limited the amount of exercise I can do. And you branch them off accordingly. Now, I know that the winning answer is going to be, I'm planning on starting exercise. But you have to acknowledge every single one. That way, they go, okay, this is really aimed at me. He's taking my answers and acknowledging them. Because the first thing is going to be, okay, so you haven't started exercising yet. I'm right there with you. I understand. And so there's no, there's no resistance. This is the Aikido of selling via video. This is going with their energy, not resisting or pushing. Yeah, that's great. So if people want to learn more about this or maybe get in touch with you or experience this themselves, where's the best place that they can go? The easiest thing for someone to do is to just find me on Facebook, Harlan Kilstein, my personal page, and just send me a message. I look in my other messages quite frequently because people message me and, you know, I, I check in. If you're not friends, I'll find it. And let's see if it's a fit. I also have copywriters trained who can help you and, and do it or you know, train you to to do it yourself or to copy chief. If you want your own copywriter trained in this method, we can just stand over and, and help them and 
point out, you didn't acknowledge that question. Nice. Okay. Harlan, thank you so much. I know that you were feeling a little bit under the weather today and you've got a speaking engagement tonight. So the fact that you took out 45 minutes of your time to share this with our audience really means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. And David, thank you for putting this together. I really appreciate you doing that. And if you, the listener, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to catch more just like it, head on over to copywriterspodcast.com. And until next time, we will catch you later. Coming soon, interactive podcasts. Oh, good. (laughs) Nice. We'll be the first. All right. All right. You guys have a good one. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.